Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. I want you to open your hearts and listen to the word of the Lord tonight. And we know that the Lord is going to minister to us. I want to minister in the next few minutes under the subject, the miracle needs a vessel. Look at someone say, the miracle needs a, ve a vessel. Now, a vessel, we know when, when, when you look at the word vessel, it could be a craft, it could be an, an, an airplane, it could be a, uh, a utensil as a cup, a bowl, or a pitcher. But also, a vessel, it could be a person regarding as a holder and receiver of something. One of the verses that I'm going to use, a passage of scripture, is found in 2 Kings chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It says, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And now you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? She responds, your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar, jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars, or the other word is vessels. Don't ask for just a few. Verse 4, then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Now look what he says. He says, pour oil into all the jars. He didn't know how much oil she had. But he tells her, I want you from the oil that you have, from that little oil, I want you to pour into all the jars. And he says, and as each is filled, set it aside. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. So as they kept bringing them, the oil kept multiplying. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left or a vessel. Then the oil stopped flowing. Once they said there were no more vessels, the oil stopped. Church, you cannot have faith for what you do not know or have knowledge of. Faith is information. And you cannot believe without information. Faith begins where the will of God is known. God doesn't expect us to believe something that has not been revealed to us. Once it comes to us from the word of God, now we have a foundation to exercise our faith. That's why the Bible says in Hosea 4, 6 that my people perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge equals light. Ignorance equals darkness. This woman was in a dark situation. 
She had lost her husband. She was dealing with that loss. She was in debt. Not only that, but the creditor came to take her children. So there was a family crisis as well. She was in a dark situation. And being in that dark situation, she was ignorant to something that was in her, in her house. But Elijah brought light. Elijah brings knowledge to this dark situation. The creditor came knocking at the door demanding her kids. I, I am sure that the enemy is knocking on the church doors wanting to take our next generation. But God has a solution. God has a plan. God has an answer. God always, tell somebody, God always has an answer. Nehemiah needed healing, but God had a river. Lazarus needed a resurrection, but God had some people that were going to remove the stones. The lepers needed healing, but they had legs to go to Jesus. God always has what we need. The oil is not the problem. Tell your neighbor, the oil is not the problem. Elijah asked her, what do you have? Tell me, what do you have that I can use for a miracle? I'll, I'll go a little further. What do you have in your house that can hinder your miracle? Because our houses should be houses of prayer, worship, houses filled with testimonies. Things do not just happen. We need to move. Tell somebody we need to move. God is not expecting or looking for some dynamic person. He's looking for a vessel. All he needs is a vessel. He has the oil. He has the power. He has the miracle. He's looking for a vessel to pour in. Who can say tonight, Lord, here's my vessel. Pour it in me. Pour it in me, Lord. Listen, we want the miracle, we want the blessing, we want so many things, but we need to move. We need to move, and we need to stop chasing things that we shouldn't. The miracle comes from God and not from, for, from a man. God uses us for his honor and glory, but the power, the authority, the, the, the healing, the miracle, it all comes from God. And he tells her, now, in this miracle, you got to move. Go, go get some vessels. And don't, don't get a few. I believe that sometimes our, we, have, we, we, we can determine the level, the height, the weight of our miracle. Meaning, how far are we willing to go? Listen to this. In 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 26 and 27, it says, When the king of Moab saw that the battle had gone against him, he took with him 700 swordmen to break through to the king of Edom, but they failed. Now, verse 27, this king does something that would seem crazy. Then he took his firstborn son who was to succeed him as king. Look how far this king was willing to go. 
he sacrificed his firstborn son. This is the guy that was going to replace him and offered him as a sacrifice on the city wall. The fury against Israel was great. They withdrew and returned to their land. Now, if you read the whole chapter, 2 Kings chapter 3, you're going to discover that the prophet Elijah gave Israel a prophetic word. He gave them some instructions. He gave them an order, divine order, but Israel was not willing to go all the way. But yet this king was willing to go all the way to the point that he sacrificed his own son. Now, how can a prophetic word be defeated by a sacrifice when the word says that obedience is better than sacrifice? Because the problem is not the word. The problem is not the oil. It's the vessel that must believe in the word and must be willing to go all the way. That's why in 1 Timothy 1.18, Paul tells Timothy, he says, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies. Listen, in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, by bringing them back to memory, by repeating them, you may fight the battle well. There are things that you know that God spoke to you, God revealed to you in a dream. There's a prophetic word over your life, but it has not come to pass. What we need to do is to what? Recall them, God. This has not been fulfilled, but you were the one that showed it to me. You were the one that spoke it to me, and you must recall it because the enemy is going to rise. The enemy will attack you, but you have a word that you can fight the battle well. He told her also, get the kids involved. If we do not involve our kids in the miracle, the creditor will come and take them and use them for himself. God wants to use our kids. Let's get them involved. And she got them involved, and they kept bringing vessels. They kept bringing, and as they kept bringing vessels, the, the oil was multiplying. This was not a natural act. This was a supernatural act. Light had came into this dark situation. Listen. We need to get past our five senses. We really do. Because that, that touches the natural, right? That touches the natural. We taste, touch, smell, feel, see. That touches the natural but does not touch the spiritual. We are a spirit. We, I want you to understand. We, we, we need to understand that we are a spirit. We constantly think that this is who we are, that this body. No, no, no. We are a spirit. And God is a spirit, and the way we contact God is through faith. God created the worlds through the word, but not man. God spoke the worlds into existence, but not man. Man, God formed man from what he, what he spoke into. Let me repeat that. God created the worlds by his word, but not man. He formed man. That's why creation obeys him, but not man. 
Why? Why doesn't man obey God? Because he was not created by God. He was formed by God. He was not created by the word. Watch where I'm going with this. I'm going to throw a lot of information at you, but it'll be gumbo at the end. That's why the Bible says the ox knows his master, the donkey it's own, it's his owner's manger, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. That's why that the earth shook when he said it is finished. Why? Because the rocks were crying out. If man is not going to cry out that Jesus is Lord, that he is the Messiah, creation obeys him and cries out that this was the Son of God. That's why it's not until we are born again. That means to be begotten by the word. That's why in John 3 it says, what's born of flesh is flesh. What's born of the spirit is spirit. Because man is a spirit. And without God, man is just a dead spirited rebel. But when he comes to know God and is born again, now he can exercise faith. Now listen. When Pastor Angel and Barry and I were talking about this this afternoon, God came to save that which was lost. Jesus came to save that which was lost trying to bring us back to the original plan at the Garden of Eden, which was God gave dominion to man. We've read it in Genesis 1.28. What did he tell them? He tells them, be fruitful, increase, subdue, rule. Adam had power. Listen, Adam had power and authority. Say with me, power and authority. The power came from God because he was created in his image and likeness. The authority came because Adam was born on this planet. I'm going to repeat that. The power came from God because he was created in his image, in God's image and likeness. But the authority, Adam had authority here on earth, on this planet, because he was born on this planet. That's why when in, in Genesis 1.26, he says, let us make man. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit says, let us make man. But in that same verse, he says, but let them have dominion. That, can take, that, that contains the secret of the transferring power of what we call power of attorney. It's where God is giving man the authority to operate on his behalf here on this planet. Why? God couldn't operate as God here on this planet. God needed legal access because he's a spirit. And every spirit needs a body. Okay. So man has the power to bring the unseen to the seen, the invisible to the visible. That's why whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loose in heaven. Now, listen, this is significant because 
God's nature of holiness and integrity doesn't allow him to violate his own words or go against his own words. That's why he gave man authority. Let them have dominion. He didn't say let us because if he were to say let us have dominion, then he have access here on earth. But he said let them have uh, uh, act. Let them have dominion. Let them have authority. That's why Amos 3.7 says, surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. Don't, don't, please don't misunderstand me. It's not that God is in our hands. No, we are in his hands. It's just an order where he establishes that on this planet there is an authority and man has that authority. But we lost it when Adam, what, disobeyed God. That's why in order for Christ to come down here in Hebrews chapter 10, he says a body was prepared for me. Why? He needed to prepare a body. That way he have legal access here on earth to show humanity how we walk on this earth. How do we talk on this earth? How do we have authority? on this earth over all things. But Satan always does illegal entry. That's why in the Garden of Eden, he possessed a serpent. He didn't, he didn't present himself as Satan to Eve, say, hey, sweetie, come here. No. He possessed a serpent and spoke through the serpent. In, in, in the parts where, where in, in the Gospels where it talks about demon-possessed, people that were demon-possessed, they would speak. That's how the enemy would be able to speak. In Mark chapter 5, the, the man from Gatherer, they, they, he, he spoke to him. He had possessed them. Satan's desire, the demon's desires, they were able to manifest it through that body. So Christ as a spirit needed legal access to come in. That's why in Luke 2, verse 11, it says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. And because he was born, he has, the Father gave him legal access. Now, John 5, verse 27 and he has given, the father has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man. He is the son of man. Satan and the demons knew who Jesus was. Oh, yes. Look at Luke chapter 4, verses 31 through 36. 31, he's in Capernaum in the town of Galilee. He was teaching. Verse 32, they were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue, there was this man, he was possessed, demons, uh, uh, this man was possessed in, in verse 33, verse 34. The demons tell Jesus, go away. Listen to this. What do you want with us? Jesus, this is, this is amazing when I read this. Because they recognize his humanity and his deity. In this verse, they said, what do you want with us? Jesus of Nazareth. That's, that's why he's Jesus Christ. Jesus, fully man, Christ, fully God. Jesus of Nazareth, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. They were practically telling him, I know you. I live with you. How is it possible that you are here? You can't do this.
you know, we're a thief. I can imagine saying, I'm a thief. I make illegal entry, but how did you get here? Hey, Jack, <laughs> I was born here, and now I have authority over you. Oh. The people were amazed, verse 36. After he cast that spirit out, the words, listen to this, verse 36. And the people were amazed and said to each other, what words these are. With authority and power. He gives orders to unpure spirits, and they come out. Christ died on the cross a day like today to bring us back to who we really are or are supposed to be. And there's a very low percentage of those that walk in that authority. You and I need to understand that we have power and authority over every demonic force that will try to manifest itself. I'll never forget in Dominican Republic, I was in this uh, small town. And church was so small. I mean, the pulpit took about half of the church. <laughs> and there was a, a guy outside yelling. And the guy was drunk, and he came, he had this little cross. I'll never forget, he had this little cross, and he's coming right at me. He was so drunk, he was, he was doing that, you know, that little dance they do. And he's like, coming to me with that cross. And he's saying, Pastor, pray for me. And, you know, I thought he, he thought I was Dracula or something. You know, he t took out a cross at me, you know. <laughs> I don't know what, what the lick was doing to him. <laughs> but, but one of the ushers came and sat him down. I said, okay, they got this under control. So I kept preaching. About five or ten minutes later, somebody else that was outside was screaming. It was a young man, about 35 years of age. He came in with no shirt, and the guy looked like he was lifting weights every single day. <laughs> looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger just walked into that house. And he is demon-possessed. And he is screaming. He's hitting his chest like Tarzan and screaming. And coming right at me. So I'm waiting for the usher that sat the drunk guy down <laughs> to sit down, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but nobody moved. And he comes right up to me. And he makes a fist. And he's about to hit me. The only thing, you know, because I looked at his body and I looked at mine. I'm saying, God, you better do something. You know, there's a, there's a big difference here. But when he went to hit me, this vessel, by the glory of God, was filled with the oil from on high. And my cup started to run over and touched his life. And right before he could hit me, the power of God touched that man and he fell to the floor. We cast out that spirit. He didn't even know where he was at when he came you know, to, to know and say, wait a minute, where am I? And he gave his heart to the Lord. Church, that power, that authority is within you. Come on, tell your neighbor, I am the vessel. The enemy can't touch the oil. This is important. 
The enemy cannot touch the oil, but he wants to destroy the body. He will try. He tried to destroy Moses, Moses as a baby because he was going to deliver Israel from Egypt. He tried to destroy Joseph, Joseph's integrity by using Potiphar's wife in seducing him. Saul tried to kill David. The creditors are coming to try and take this lady's children. The enemy is, is trying to come and, and, and to, 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 to come in, but you know what? The oil is in the house. The enemy wants to take him. Why? Because he wants to use him for his benefits. Because once he gets him out, away from the oil, he can use him. But the moment that the oil that's in the house comes into that vessel, he cannot touch the oil. Satan was on the attack trying to destroy Jesus' body. When he was born, Herod hunted him down. When he was in his 40 days and 40 nights uh, fasting, the enemy tempted him. And one of them was, he says, why don't you worship me? I'll give you everything. Satan knew that the oil in Jesus' body was going to destroy him. But Jesus said, no. Jesus said, no. I am not going to worship you. And we need to say no to the world. The moment I said no to the enemy and yes to God, the moment that I said no to the enemy and yes to the call of God in my life, the moment that I said no to the enemy and yes to, and yes to what I am living today, he started to attack my body. And, and many of you know he attacked my, 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 my lungs. I went three years. And my lungs had to get stable to my ribs. I mean, but I'm here today. Say no to the enemy. He tried to get people against Jesus. He got the religious leaders to hate him. Tried to stress him out. One of his friends betrayed him. They stoned him. They crucified him. Now they're, they're, I, I could imagine them in hell having a party because we destroyed the vessel. We destroyed the body. But in the midst of their party, Jesus came and crashed the party. And he took the keys of death and hell. Took the keys right out of and Sunday we celebrate this, but he was only in the grave three days. Now, the Jewish people are known to be business people. And back in Bible times, they would buy their tomb in advance. I know Jesus was a good businessman. Why didn't he buy his tomb? Like the other Jews. Because when he died, when he died on the cross, and they placed him in the tomb, Joseph of Arimathea uh, come, comes, to, comes to, the, um, to Pilate. He says, hey, give me his body. I'll, I'll put him in my tomb. He doesn't have one, but I'll put him in my tomb. It was Jesus had a borrowed tomb. He had to. You know why Jesus didn't buy the tomb? Because why are you gonna buy something that you're only gonna use for three days? Okay. 
but he bought you. He bought me because he plans, his, his desire is to live within us, not in a tomb. The tomb is empty so that he can live within us. How many say amen? And I'll finish with this. While Jesus was alive, he had to detox the disciples. Because the story that we read from the widow woman, the prophet told her, go get empty vessels. God is looking for empty vessels. Sometimes God can't fill us because we're full of this world. We're full of so many things. And Jesus had to, what, teach his disciples, detox them, and start taking things out of them and changing things so that, so why? Because on the day of Pentecost, they were going to be empty. And the oil was going to be poured out on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was going to fill them, but he was looking for empty vessels. It started out with 500, 500 vessels in the upper room. But what? Only 120 stood. The others that were filled of this world, they were filled with so many other things, but 120 stood empty. They're waiting, waiting for the Holy Spirit, waiting for the promise. And then they were filled. And the moment they were filled, they went out and started to preach the gospel. But now, we have more than 120. Because Jesus, he didn't only come to die on the cross, resurrect on the third day, but he came to look for vessels. And you and I are a vessel. Only you know how your vessel is. I know how mine is. I know there are times I got to get, I Lord, that you need to deal with me in, in this area of my life, Lord. I want you to be in that area of my life. I want you to fill it. Because we have a purpose. Church, Hobbes belongs to God. This region, we were praying for that today. This region belongs to God. Your neighborhood belongs to God. But you are that vessel. And you need to be willing to say, Lord, fill this vessel. Fill this vessel. Because I want you to use me for your glory. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Jesus. The miracle is looking for a vessel. I'll give you about 60 seconds just to meditate. Search your heart. And then I'm going to ask those that want their vessel to be filled tonight.
to come forth. But before you come forth, I want you to just let the Holy Spirit minister to you, continue to minister to you. Understand who you are in Christ. You are a spirit. God has given you dominion. God has given you power. God has given you authority. To operate on his behalf. God has that power. God has the anointing. God has the oil. The problem is not the oil. It's the vessel. But tonight that can change. By saying, God, fill me right now. If you're that vessel that wants to be filled, come right now quickly. Time is running. Time is running. Empty yourself. Say, God, here, here's what I'm filled with, but I want it out. And I want to replace it with your oil. The miracle needs a vessel. The miracle is looking for a vessel.